0: Hi, I'm Agatha, and I'm Clemmy, and this is Culture Strike,
1: your weekly strike of culture. Hello and
0: welcome to Culture Strike. We are starting today with general chat.
1: So, Agatha, have you been doing anything interesting this week?
0: Uh, Well, I met my friend today in the park. Um, I also... what else have I done? Well, I've been doing online school, obviously, as usual. Um, But nothing much out of the ordinary. What about you? Um, So, yeah, I've been doing pretty much
1: the same. Uh, I do think it's really nice to um, meet up with people and be try to be social at least um, with uh, other people. I think that's really important when obviously it's a hard time right now to be to be social, but I think that it's really good if you um, do do things like that. Yeah.
0: I think um I think it's really important to meet people, even if it's just for like a run or just walking around. It I think it's really important that we still see people in our lives that we outside of our houses. Like and outdoors as well, it's really like good to exercise and be with um like another person um but being like safe at the same time.
1: Yeah, I do. I
0: t- completely agree.
1: Um, speaking of running, I've been doing running recently and I've really enjoyed it. I feel like I'm getting healthier but at the same time I'm like, enjoying it as well so I've been doing couch to 5k which is an app that I totally recommend and it guides you through getting building yourself up to getting 5k which is I think it's really really good and I'm really enjoying doing it so yeah that's good have you been doing any kind of like exercise and
0: stuff uh well I have Well, I've been going to the park a lot with my friends. Uh, Well, step by step, probably not like with like multiple people at once. Uh, I have been doing quite a lot of tennis. Uh, I've been. uh, What else have I been doing? Well, I um. I mean, normally. Um, in at school i would be doing basketball at least twice in a week i'd be doing netball um i'd be doing athletics stuff like that and obviously i'm not doing that at the moment um which is quite hard because i really enjoy doing loads of exercise uh in and after school um so i've just been i've just been well it's been like quite a step back from what i normally do um but it's, it's been sort of fun just to do some relaxed exercise, um, like tennis and just walking around the park or running, that sort of stuff. Yeah, As I do. You, uh, oh, sorry.
1: Uh, don't worry. I completely agree. And I think that it's really interesting that you're doing so many sports and you'd obviously you've usually been doing more, but I really like how you're trying to kind of keep it up and i'm really interested in knowing if you have a favorite sport or if there's something that you like particularly look forward to because i know that you're very like a sporty person that really enjoys sport. so i think it would be really interesting to know if you do have a favorite sport um well oh, that's
0: really hard so i really well um so this is a hard question so um I really love um, swimming, as um, you know. Um, it is probably my favourite sport. I mean, I love basketball, netball, and athletics as well. They would probably gonna be my top four. But I think I would have to put swimming first because I don't know it's just, it's so like, I don't know it's really like fun, it's really relaxing, but then um, I. So I would have been doing swimming competitions this year, which I'm a bit sad that I'm missing out on um, because I was really looking forward to like representing um, my team and stuff like that. But uh, I just think it's a really good way to like relieve stress, but also it's really fun. And you know, you can do relaxed swimming, just swimming for pleasure, competitive swimming. Like it's not, um, you can just do it by yourself. like. I just think it's a great uh, sport because there's so many different ways to do it. There's not like strict rules, um, and I think it. Um, even though so you're, I think it's actually it actually really helps with fitness um, in ways that you don't notice as much with some sports. But I think it gradually builds up your fitness, and it's really consistent. Um, but yeah, that is probably swimming. I would have to say is probably my favourite sport. Um, I know, um, don't, do you, um,
1: don't you play, like, um, lacrosse, is it? I yeah, I do play lacrosse, and I really enjoy lacrosse. I think that um, it's such an awesome sport, and um, I, lacrosse is very new to me. I, I've only been playing for about, well, um, a term, but before um, I played lacrosse, I would play netball, and I found it very difficult because I wasn't I wasn't very good at running, and I wasn't very good at um, like shooting or anything like that. But I feel like with lacrosse, it gives you an opportunity to be good at it without actually having to um, be good at like running or something. I think that it's a specific. Um, There's lots of specific areas in lacrosse that you can be good at, and that's kind of why I like it, because um, it's very easy to love, and to um, enjoy, and to play, and yeah, so I really like lacrosse, so yeah, have you been reading any good
0: books uh, uh, this week? Well, uh, as I mentioned last time, I ha- so I just finished yesterday. I finished um, fragile Tarts, which is- was amazing and made me cry. Um, it was really good. Though. Uh, then I have started reading a face like glass. Um, I can't. I can't think who it's by. Um, I will have a look and then I will tell you guys maybe next episode. But um, that's it's really good. Um, it's quite like, it's quite uh, weird, but it's like, it's quite an adult book. Um, it's fantasy. I think for anyone who loves like sort of really interesting, a bit weird fiction, um, it's perfect for them. I've also been reading, um, I like to read quite a few books at once. Um, I've also been reading. Um, Anne of the Island, which is the, the third book in the Anne of Green Gables series, um, and it's really good, um, it's written really well, um, and it's quite interesting because I read quite a lot of modern fiction. I think it's really interesting to read something from a different era. Um, but I've been doing that uh, and Reading, i've been reading quite a variety of things
1: i think which has been really interesting uh how about you um so for for a reading project that i'm doing i've selected four books that i'm going to read in detail and then um do pieces of work on so i'm reading my third book in that project it is called children of time and it is an epic fantasy novel and it's like sci-fi and i just i'm just loving it so much it's so cool and it's about kind of it's like a dystopian really sci-fi-ish kind of awesome thing that i'm i'm really enjoying and i really would recommend it it is quite it's it's what i would call heavy sci-fi i don't know if you know what i mean by that but um I really, I really think that it's, um, I would recommend it and it's really cool and yeah I do, uh, I'm enjoying that. it's really thick, it's 600 pages but I'm getting through it slowly but surely Um, and uh, before that as part of my reading project I've read um, The Picture of Dorian Gray which was very good i've also read the song of achilles which i believe i've mentioned a couple of times because it was so good and yeah those are the two i've read and i'm reading um children of time now and i'm really enjoying the reading project i think that the books are really interesting and while i'm thinking while i'm reading them i'm thinking about what i could do on them and yeah have you been watching any good movies recently
0: um, well, um, what do you think, well, I've th- mentioned this before, but I haven't really watched anything new, but, um, I know I've mentioned this before, but Junior Bake Off is surprisingly good, it's actually really funny, um, I haven't really watched anything really new at the moment, but, um, uh, I just... So, I don't know, I'll, I just wanted to, um, tell you that, uh, again, that Junior Make-Off is hilarious, you should definitely watch it, it's on Channel 4, um, I have also been watching on BBC iPlayer, me and my sister and my dad watch, like, we watch quite a few, like, British comedies, um, so we wa- we've been watching So Awkward, uh, and Millie in Between, um, and we've, we've, we've re-watched all the episodes, but I think that's something really interesting, um, <laughs> And it's quite different from a lot of um, a lot of the other, like, sort of television that's popular because it's, I don't know, it's British comedy. And I think it's just um, really fun to watch something different. What about you?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I have been watching, so a couple, I think it, I don't know when it was, but um, when it came out i watched best home cook which was completely and utterly incredible and um very excitingly now there is a celebrity best home cook which is definitely recommended i really i've i've been watching it i've just finished it recently it is very good it is funny and lovely and the food looks delicious so yeah i definitely recommend that one and i did watch a movie last night oh yes it was called Big Fish, and it was about this um, guy who's told loads of stories, and no one believes him, and it's all about this guy's life, and it's really, it was really funny, and kind of weird, but I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I think I think that um, yeah, I mean, I'd say the Best home Cook uh, celebrity is very good, and um, so is Big Fish. I definitely recommend both of them thing that's very important to kind of watch things that you enjoy and it's just so cozy to kind of um sit down to something that's nice and comforting and um yeah have you been like continuing with any hobbies recently
0: um well i I have well i've been writing a bit. I think lots of my hobbies that I really enjoy are like um outdoors, um, outdoorsy or like um stuff that I can't really do at the moment because of um lockdown but I think I've been doing some drawing um and writing and that's been quite good. Uh, How about you?
1: Um so I've been doing the same drawing and writing and Cooking, I guess, if that helps. I've also been making friendship bracelets, which are very fun. And uh yeah. So yeah, I haven't really I've been doing those and yeah, I've been doing a thing called bullet journaling, which is very cool. That's so cool. We should so do it like together sometime. Anyway, yeah. if any of our okay. listeners are doing bullet journaling do email us at littlebestudios at gmail.com And if you've got anything that you do want to discuss, email us um, as, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And that was an awesome general chat. So see you next for our debate of the week. Welcome to our debate of the week this week's motion is does this house support the rise of automation so Agatha will be arguing for automation I will be arguing against Um, Um,
0: before we get started we would just like to remind you that these may not be our actual opinions we take these sides for the purpose of the debate uh, and we may believe something completely different
1: uh, yeah so that's very important So I'm gonna start by arguing against automation. So I'll start by saying one of the uh, most important um, reasons which is unemployment. Millions of jobs will be lost because robots will be taking over the jobs. People will have no money and the economy is not in a good place at the moment. It will also impact health because people will have no reason to go outside and mental health because they might feel like they have um, no purpose or um, they won't be able to see anyone. So unemployment is such a big um, issue that is already affecting us and will be affecting us much more if um, automation is supported my next point is quite similar it is about the economy so um, as well as having robots do all of the jobs you'll still have to support the economy and give people enough money to live otherwise the population will i mean i don't know what will happen no one will have any money to live um and yeah i guess the human race will die out it does cost a lot to build a robot as well. And you also have to keep them in good condition and make sure that, like, they're not rebelling or anything. I know that... I, I Can I just say, before I continue, that I'm, I'm finding it quite hard not to go into, like, sci-fi-esque theories about um, robots taking over the world. So please do um, consider my apologies if I do. Um, my third point is that here's a sci-fi um thing point but they might have a mind of their own if they're clever enough to do all of the jobs they'll be clever enough to kind of do their own thing and um things like uh alexa um already have technically a mind of their own So there'll be a danger of losing control over the robots, which is very risky because they could um, do something with all of the information that we're giving them. And I will talk about that in a later point. Um, My next point is about the rise of automation. So I'm focusing on that word rise, which I believe has already started. You've got self-driving cars, there's Alexa, who is very, very clever. Um, she can answer basically any question you ask her. And a lot of these tech companies are making up their own versions. For example, Windows version, I think, is called Cortana. Um, so yeah, everyone is creating these sort of AI things. And it does bec- it has become quite common um, to, to do this. Um, and yeah, I believe that the rise has already started. And if you support it, even more than it's, it could be very dangerous because lots of people could lose their jobs, people's mental health will suffer um, and the robots might kind of do something that is not ideal or you don't want to happen. Um, My next point is privacy. So you are giving away so much information to these robots and they could be a potential danger And use the information in a way that is not, you don't want. Um, Like I said before, they kind of have a mind of their own. And if you do give them all of this information, for example, where you live, what you like to do, what your daily routine is, they could rebel. Or do something that, um, for example, access your bank account, take out all of your money, something that you don't want them to do. My next point is controversy. So there could be conflict about it, like we're discussing it now. Some people will um, think that um, automation is good. Some people think that automation is bad. Uh, Once again, may not be what we actually think, what we're arguing for. Um, But that's not good for the government. And especially now, if protests are held right now, then obviously the COVID-19 virus will spread, and that is not good. And my next point and my final point is um, about the impact of this motion. Who will it impact? I think it will impact everyone because everyone's um, jobs will be lost, and it's up to everyone as a sort of community and a um, society to realize that this is not a good thing to do and um that we need to sort of tone it down a bit and yeah so that is my argument i hope you enjoyed that and now agatha is going to be arguing um for automation
0: so that um i really love some of the points you need there um so first um my first point is going to be that i think Um, robots and automation can help people with like tasks they can't do on their own so like an elderly person um might be able to do certain things which a robot could help them with um and i i actually um, watched a really interesting program i can't remember what it's called but i will um I will probably remember later on and, um, tell you, but, um, it was about, um, maybe, I think six families and they all received a different robot that helped them in some way. Um, and there was, um, there was one family, um, who, um, they had a six year old boy, I think, who, uh, had autism and he, um, needed help like learning and stuff. Um, and um, he so they uh, he had this he he um, was an experiment and he had this robot for a week who really helped him actually build his confidence. He took him in he took the robot into class. Um, and um got to like show him off it made him um feel like really happy like he had something that he could show other people like he was it made him feel really confident um and it also helped him learn um learn like learn to read better um and i think that is something really like really great that we could that would i mean i think would make would be a really important part of the economy if it was like implemented into daily lives also um in this program there was also um another robot that who um, helped a family with fitness so like um giving them workouts reminding them to eat healthily um and I know for a lot of people that would be quite odd having a robot just in your home um but I think I think um that's I think I think that's quite a good idea. Obviously, it depends on your personal opinions. and I don't think robots should be forced on anyone who doesn't like want a robot. Ro- I keep saying robot um, in their house uh, or in their home. But um, I think the fitness robot uh, helped these people like lose a lot of weight, get much healthier, which I think is re- which was, I think is really good. <laughs> I, mean, I keep talking about this program, but. Um, there was also, um, this is the last one I'm going to mention, but there was also a, um, in this program, there was a robot that, um, so this one's a bit more far-fetched or like, but, um, there was a robot who helped this family whose, um, dad lived in, was working in Spain, I think, and, um, obviously he couldn't really, well, he was quite far away, um, And it was a robot with a screen and um, the dad could control the robot and He was on face. He was on a call. Um, they could see him on the robot, and the robot he controlled the robot to move around the house and like um, sit with the family at dinner, stuff like that. <laughs> and that one may sound a bit more odd, but I think that's just an example of. if I mean, obviously these things would need more work if we people were to have them in da- their daily lives. But I think that is that's just something. I think there are, there are some examples there of ways that robots could really help us. Um, I think that the maintenance of robots actually offers quite a few jobs to people. Um, I think it would be really cool to be like a robot scientist, like designing robots. Um, and I think that robots can do a lot of things quicker than humans. I think they, well, I think, um, as you mentioned, there are more robots and more, um, automations making that way into our daily lives already. Uh, like Alexa, obviously, um, all the, all the different versions of Alexa, like Siri, the, those, those sort of things. Um, and I think they are eventually going to become part of our daily lives. And I think that if, when they do, we want to make sure they are used in the best way possible. Um, so you mentioned self-driving cars. I think they, um, or well, they can, they, they're really good for stopping injury. Um, Alexa, I have a friend who has Alexa, um, and, um, I know, I know a lot of these robots are quite like expensive and things, but, um, my friend who has Alexa, Alexa um, can control her lights, her mom can talk to her from downstairs, um, which I think is um, quite time-saving. And I think my mum would quite like to be able to just say, Agatha, dinner's ready without having to walk up the stairs. Um, I think, I think, I just think that um, robots will, like I said, they will eventually be part of our lives. We want to make sure that when they are, they are, it's for the best reasons and um i think there are some good examples of robots helping people with um like their daily lives um things they have to deal with in their daily lives and i think that um that is actually really important thank
1: you for that that was such good such good points and i really do think i feel like it's been a very good debate and i do feel for both sides and i do um get why people agree to both sides. Uh, so yeah, thank you for listening. If you do have any ideas, do email us at littlebestudios at and we might include your um thoughts in our next episode. So bye! bye.
0: Welcome back to Culture Strike. And now we are doing the literature section. Today, Kemi will be reading something.
1: Um, So I've actually got two things that I'd like to read out, but my first is uh, my novel. It does not have a name yet, but it's basically about a um, dystopian future where these people have tried to settle on a different planet and they are under very tight reign. And they've basically got to hibernate each winter because winter's a very unknown um, part of the year for them. And, uh, yeah, it's all about discovery. And, uh, yeah, I haven't written much of it. Um, I've only been working on it for about a week, but I'm really excited about it. And I think that it's good. I hope that it's good. So I'll be reading a... um, Chapter a a bit of
0: a chapter later on. That sounds really interesting. That actually sounds quite similar to something that I've been working um, at the moment. Um, But um, so in this future, uh, why have are these? Did these people used to live on Earth, or are they like a different race?
1: So yes, they did used to live on Earth. Basically, I think three generations ago to when it was set, when the novel is set, um, some people, their like, great-great-grandfathers were offered to come to this planet as an experiment to see if it would work out, and yeah, they've just been trying different things since
0: then. Uh, that sounds really interesting. You said that they um, they, they were under strict reign. Um, could you, like, expand a bit on that? So
1: I think part of the strictness is that they can't... They're not allowed to, um, uh, like, be awake in winter. And in the extract that I'm reading, I will... Uh, I'm reading a bit about the monarch and the reign. Um, so, yeah. But I think also that what i kind of wanted to have is this um monarch who had a who had loads of people who were following him and um yeah so that's what i've got and i really wanted my main character suki to go on a journey with something to do with monarch and power because i think that's such an important theme that i really wanted to include so the strict reign is sort of about um suki learning that she is valuable she she's a, an awesome person and she is what she's totally deserves to be where she is
0: um that sounds really interesting um what this extract that you're, that you're about to read um what part of the story is it set in like beginning middle or end
1: So it's right in the beginning. I think it's actually, yeah, it's chapter one. It's about two paragraphs in. Um, So it's very, very early on and yeah. Um, Okay,
0: do you want to start? I'm really excited for this.
1: Yes, I would love to. So uh, this is, as I said, chapter one, about two, about at the end of the page. Suki went back to the settlement and into Bee's trunk. B was lying on the bed, her brother Noah next to her. Her head rolled dully to the side and her eyes fixed on Suki, just as Noah sat up. Ugh, B made a grunt of effort, pulling herself up from the bed. I am so tired, you will not believe what mum has made us do today. It is the day before hibernation, said Suki, looking at Noah, who rolled his eyes and flopped back onto the bed. Suki sat down on a sack in the corner of the room. I saw your army knife in the hollow. B sighed. I tried to persuade mum to let me sleep with it, but she said it was too dangerous. I don't see how it's dangerous. It's to protect you from danger. Everything is dangerous in the winter, B. Do you really believe that? Really? Just because that's what the monarch says, it does not mean it's true. It does. Does not. Noah, do you think the monarch is right? Noah made a disheartening grunt and then rolled over in the bed, pushing B off it. Hey! B sat back down. I think the monarch is right, he said warily. See, said Suki, you have no part, no hope in being part of the exploratory team if you don't believe in the monarch. And that is exactly why I want to be in the exploratory team, said B in answer. The monarch does not have the right to dictate us. He goes on about equality and all that, whilst he literally bribes us to believe him with housing and food and everything else. Obviously winter is not dangerous. It's just like summer, except darker and there's less supplies. But I bet you could stay awake. I dare you, Suki, to stay awake. You'll see how dangerous winter is then. But the monarch said it was too dangerous. Otherwise, why would we hibernate? The monarch is dull, Suki. We don't even know his name. We haven't seen his face. Why is that? Because if he kills us all and demolishes what hope the human race has left, what do you think will happen to him? Even though no one knows who he is, he doesn't feel safe taking a risk. If he will never take a risk, we will be stuck taking hibernation pills every winter. Who knows what's in them? If I had to take a bet, I'd say they were brainwashers that made you believe the monarch. Winter is not dangerous, the monarchy is. What power did they have over us? Why Suzy, why Suki? Why do you follow them every winter? Why do you believe what they say? He's dull. For all we know, winter could be the thing that we need. Winter could be the thing that shows us it's safe on Saliana, and it is. I have a feeling it is. I know it is. And that is the end of the extract.
0: That was amazing. I loved that. Um, that was uh, that. That was really interesting. Um, so my first question is: so um, Noah, Suki, and B are they like siblings or just so, friends? Um,
1: Bee and Noah are siblings, and Suki is their friend.
0: So I noticed that they have, they all three have quite different personalities. Could you like explain what they're the different, like characteristics of these different characters a bit more?
1: Yes, of course. So I, um so Suki is my main character and um she is very, naive I think she believes the monarchy as you um probably could see and she um she wants to uh she wants to she I think she she wants to believe them hopefully though throughout the book she um becomes more kind of independent and has more faith in herself I think that she's kind of um she doesn't really believe that she has any power and. that she deserves any for that matter. So, um, yeah, that's Suki. I think B um, B wants to be part of the exploratory team when she's older, which kind of means um, that she gets to take part in um, making progress with uh, where the rest of the human race live. Um, but she doesn't believe that the mo- that winter is dangerous. She doesn't believe that um, they should believe the monarch she doesn't believe that the monarch is right i think that's really important as a characteristic of b because um b is this kind of wake-up call to suki right in the beginning when she in that scene um suki starts thinking what if winter is not dangerous what if b is right and b is kind of her motivation for what she does for the rest of the book um And B, we don't actually see B much in the um, rest of the book. So I think I kind of um, hope to make her uh, that impression of her really strong and that you could kind of see her character and what she wanted. And Noah, he's kind of a minor character. He was just there in the background, but I... um, wanted, she, he is Bee's brother and I want, but I wanted to feel like Suki was part of their family. So Suki was comfortable with all of them.
0: And um, yeah, so that's all the characters. Yeah, I definitely felt that um, they were sort of all one family um, (laughs) and that's why I asked because it really, it felt like they were really close. Um, I think those characteristics really shone through. Um, Throughout the novel, Does so? You said um, Suki gets more, you know, confident. um, Starts to question the monarchy. Um, Where does this like confidence like lead her?
1: So I haven't actually figured it out, but I feel like Suki. I really want Suki to go on a journey, um, physically and mentally, and she becomes more confident in herself um, and in her abilities. And I think that maybe, um, I actually do have an idea of what she's, what she's going to do in the end, but I do not want to spoil it. But I think that she's, what she's going to do is something very brave and that she'd never thought of, um, do, uh, having done without her, um, journey that she's done before. So now I'm going to go on to my next, uh, um, novel. So I'm just going to get it up. Um,
0: That was amazing. Can I just say I'm really excited for this next one.
1: Thank you very much Um, Okay, so My next one is Hang on one second. I do have it Um, It'll just take a second to find it Yes, okay perfect so this is called The Waiting Room and it's a short story. It's only 2000 words. So yeah, I'm gonna read you a bit of an extract and then you can ask some questions. I am in the waiting room of Birmingham, Birmingham Hospital. A row of benches with maroon cushioning lines the walls which painted a depressing cream color. The floor is sticky and the benches are surprisingly comfy. Strip lighting illuminates the room, which is small. Sat across from me a Toe's family. Her sister Hannah is biting her lip nervously and her mother and father sat close together clinging onto each other. I think I recognize one of her countless uncles as well. He's wearing baggy denim jeans with a chain hanging from one belt loop and a black Beatles sweatshirt. It reminds me of one of the outfits to- Tove used to have. I feel out of place coming here. I can't see anyone I recognize apart from Toe's family who I've never even spoken to. I doubt they recognize me. There are some other people as well. After the accident, her family found her phone and sent a message to everyone in her contacts to feel free and come and visit her at the hospital. She had some minor neurological problems, but she would be fine. Her family were the first to be called in. The doctor came out of the door and asked for the relatives of Tove Thompson to follow her. Tove's sister, mother, and father and uncle followed obediently left in the room with me, another family, presumably for another patient, a group of gangly students about the same age as me, a boy with headphones in and a couple facing away from each other. I imagine Tove just a few rooms away. I imagine how she will react when she sees me. I wonder if she'll recognize me. I wonder if she'll speak to me. I wonder what she'll look like. I wonder if she'll be pleased. And that is the end of the second extract.
0: That was really interesting. Um, so it's called the waiting room, isn't it? Yes. I think that's a really interesting title. I think um, I think just the title really makes me want to. Really interests me. Um, so is um, so so Tove has had an accident. What is this main character's relationship with Tove? Because so, they sounded quite nervous um, about seeing her, but obviously they were there to see her. Um, but yeah, what's what's their relationship?
1: So Tove is um, this person. So the person, the narrator, is called Thea, and Tove is Thea's one of Thea's oldest friends. Um, and vice versa so I think that um, yeah that's that relationship but Thea hasn't really seen Tove for a while and that's why she's kind of like nervous
0: um so is so you mentioned this is a short story um is it like um when when did you write this and uh why did you what made you want to write it
1: so I, write, I wrote it kind of at the beginning of this year and I actually entered it into a competition um, and that's why I wrote it but I also really enjoyed writing it because um, it was really interesting to explore this kind of odd friendship more and to get to know the characters and yeah, I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, I, I think that The Waiting Room, it was a, one of my... Um, favorite short stories and yeah i really enjoyed writing it and i um it was really fun to write
0: so yeah do you uh have any advice for people who are listening to this and would like to write um something which I, can I just say that I thought that was amazing. Your writing style I think is incredible. Um, I'd love to read more of some the stuff that you've written because I thought I, I'm really interested to um, read both of those stories. They both sound amazing. They're quite different. They're quite different genres, um, but I really like that. Um, you're a very versatile writer. Um, do you have any advice for people who would like to write? Um, some stories like from whatever genre um who are listening to this and thinking that maybe that's something they'd want to do write something like you um like you've written um so thank you for that
1: feedback that is a very generous of you and um all i'd say is that um not to rush because one of my biggest problems was writer's block everyone experiences it it's um definitely a thing that everyone does experience Um, but I just say that um, you should wait for something to come to you something great to come to you rather than um, kind of scramble about um, I do think it's awesome to experiment, and I would definitely recommend setting aside some time, maybe each week or something, to write. That's that's what I do, and I do think I do find that it helps, and it does help to get your ideas by doing that. But I do think that you shouldn't uh, get stressed about not having an idea because they will come, and when they come, they'll be absolutely fantastic and i just think go for it put your writing out there get feedback
0: um and yeah that's like that's that's my advice i think that is some really great advice um and i think anyone who's listening to this um will feel really inspired by that um if you guys uh listening have any short stories or feedback on Clemmie's writing, uh, leave us a voice recording or email us so it should be studios at gmail.com. Uh, we are going to wrap up the literature se- section now. Um, next is our interactive section. Thank you. Thank you. we have two Culture Strike listeners who are going to talk about their experience of lockdown.
1: So yeah, we've got Nell and Bibi here, if you can just say hi. 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 So they're gonna be talking about lockdown and what their experience is. So, um, if one of you wants to answer this, what has been your highlight of, well, first of all, what has been your favorite lockdown, one, two or three? Um,
2: well, for me, I. I would probably think two. I'm not really sure why, but I just found it most enjoyable.
3: That's
1: really interesting. How about you, now?
3: Um, probably, um, one. Because it just, I I sort of got to plan my day a bit more. So I, could, so I could sort of do what I wanted a bit more than uh And I wasn't doing online lessons, so.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think, one, we were forced to be more creative, so we did more creative things. And um, in two and three, it has been, I guess, easier because we've got used to it. So I think there's um, definitely um, valid reasons
0: for each of them. Um, do you, what have you guys been doing in lockdown to keep you sane? Um. Well,
2: I've been playing football a lot because I really like it. Um. In- in the garden and yeah i find that really fun and really relaxing and yeah i just really love it what about
3: you well i've been doing quite a lot of i've been doing exercise it's also quite nice being meeting some of my friends just to like go to
1: have a hot chocolate with them or something yeah i completely agree i think it's um really nice to meet up with people and do exercise so i think they're both really good um things what has been your highlight of lockdown what's like your most um it could be like a week or an event or a specific Thing or it can be as broad or specific as you like. So, what has been your highlight?
2: Um. Well, that's quite a hard question. Um. Well, I think that I really like. Well, it's not a specific um thing, but when we force sit down at the table for dinner and i find it really fun and just
0: nice to just recap the day and just talk yeah Yeah. it's really nice to catch up with your family as well yeah i really enjoy that as well what about you now
3: well i really like it's been my it's been quite a lot of our birthdays recently, so it was my birthday and my mom's and dad's and sister. And I also have enjoyed playing um, lots of like Lego with
1: my sister. Anyway, lots of things with my sister. That's really nice. Um, birthdays are awesome. So uh yeah i think that they've been such a good opportunity to um do some cool stuff
0: uh have you guys um have you what what has been really hard about this lockdown well it's just been quite hard even if you're not
3: going online just generally school and it's been like not seeing friends and not being able to like be social yeah I completely... i've
1: been quite missing the fresh air yeah i completely agree with all of those that all Excellent reasons. Yeah,
2: I agree with the school, I find it quite hard, but I also kind of find it hard that you're not really interacting with anyone and sometimes you you feel a bit lonely and yeah.
0: Because you yeah, can't see anyone you mean. and you're only
2: with your family and
0: you're a bit you're always together. So I think we're gonna have to wrap up our interactive section. Um um, and we will have to bring Cut to Strike to an end this episode. But thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you have any um, tips, feedback, or questions, leave us a voice recording um, right here or email us at littlepstudios at gmail.com.
1: Thank you very much for listening. And hopefully, we'll be back uh, next week with another episode. Bye. Bye.